presented by the Common Sense Institute. Welcome to Common Sense Digest, the podcast that seeks to inject a little common sense into Colorado's policy discussion. Here's your host, Earl Wright. Welcome to Common Sense Digest podcast. My name is Earl Wright, and I am the chairman of the board of the Common Sense Institute and your host for today. In January, CSI made a bold move to kick off 2024 and launch two new states, Iowa and Oregon. I'm pleased to report that both states are already releasing new studies and engaging in the public policy arena. In other words, free enterprise is flourishing and common sense policy is on the march. Along with its successful counterparts in Colorado and Arizona, as well as newly launched chapter in Oregon, CSI Iowa is guided by a board of local leaders, each bringing expertise from various industries. These board members share CSI's dedication to factual and nonpartisan policy analysis. Joining me today is Joe Murphy, president of the Iowa Business Council and the inaugural CSI Iowa Board Chair. Joe, welcome. Great to be with you, Earl. Thanks for having me. And also joining us is Ben Murray, CSI Iowa Director of Policy and Research. I don't know if either one of you know this, but I'm also an Iowa native. Uh, it's my pleasure to welcome both of you gentlemen, and welcome to the podcast, and welcome to the CSI team. Let's start with something very basic. Why CSI in Iowa? Why did it even have any relevance in Iowa, Joe? Well, it, it's a great question, Earl, and, and we appreciate the opportunity to partner with CSI and, and, and bring some of these values and organizations and, and rigorous research to our state. You know, free enterprise is flourishing here in Iowa. We are undertaking some bold initiatives in our in our legislative session, and having uh, an academic and a research powerhouse like CSI coming into our state at this time really will provide us with a leg up with respect to evaluating public policy, evaluating different tools that policymakers may implement, and providing them with factual data to enable their decision making in a way that benefits Iowa's economy, and benefits Iowa businesses. Iowa is one of my favorite places in the world. I still remember the uh, educational system you all had there for uh, at least way back when, and it was way back when for me, but it was always uh, kind of a, a, a bright, shining star. How is the education system doing now as far as continuing to be in the forefront of all of, of uh, the K-12 through education process relative to all the other states in the United States? Well, I think from from Iowa's perspective that that educational excellence continues. You know, we've made a number of changes in recent years to some of our educational policy. And and as we think about different aspects in which CSI can get involved, I think education um, is one of those areas evaluating some of the different policy proposals that have gone on, not just for education, but also housing and taxes and, and economic development tools and, and other things that our state is currently employing in effort to further uh, workforce development, economic development, and educational achievement. You know, I'm going to get into the uh, education and the cost of education in a minute, but first of all, tell me, Joe, if you would, give us all a sense of your board of directors. I've looked at them. They're very distinguished, a lot of people. Uh, share, share the board with us, will you, please? You bet. You know, we're blessed to have a fantastic board of volunteer leaders here in the state of Iowa. We have Representatives from a, a, a wonderful uh, logistics company, Heidi Lovingood, the CFO of Ruan Transportation. 
We have Amber Mason Lawson, who is a, a crime and, and um, consumer safety expert, which I think will add incredible value to our board of directors. We have Doug Newman, who is an economic development leader in, in Cedar Rapids. So we're really expanding CSI's mission throughout the entire state of Iowa. And then um, we also have representatives from two very key associations. So we have Gavin Blair, the CEO of the Iowa Realty Association, um, which is doing incredible work with respect to housing policy across our state. And last but not least, John Sorensen, the president and CEO of the Iowa Bankers Association, really at the forefront of not only providing capital um, to, to Iowa consumers and businesses, but really on the front lines when you think about economic development across our state. Regional banks have such an important role to play in, in community economic development, providing that access to capital. So having John's expertise, I think, is a really important step for us as we continue to march down this path of, of common sense here in Iowa. Oh, just to follow up on two of your board members, I know I had a chance to meet Doug Newman, and mm -hmm. uh, we were celebrating, if I remember correctly, uh, some significant gains uh, in the economic development of the Cedar Rapids area. Give us a little bit more, if you can, about what in the world is going on in some of the development that uh, you're able to witness along with me in Cedar Rapids? Well, it's really been an incredible story. You know, a little bit about my background. I was I actually went to middle school and high school in Cedar Rapids, which is just about two hours east of Des Moines. So I've been in Des Moines for quite some time now. But I but 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 Cedar Rapids has has had a couple of, of um, really significant instances of challenges, to put it lightly. They've had two 500-year floods in the span of about 15 years. Um, and what Doug and his organization, what the city has done to revitalize and regrow after two devastating floods, I think is, is incredible. It shows the Iowa resiliency. It shows the resiliency of, of small, medium, and large businesses. It shows the resiliency and commitment to people um, that Cedar Rapidians and Iowans in general have. And so what you witnessed uh, just about a month and a half ago, Earl, was sort of a celebration, an annual celebration event that Cedar Rapids conducts every single year, talking about all the progress that they have made. Um, but progress is not easy, as you well know. So to have committed leaders committed uh, stewards of, of economic excellence, uh, filling in different volunteer ranks across the board is so vitally important to the to the economic well-being of a community. Speaks volumes the fact that we have Doug on our board now and, and really looking forward to tapping into that expertise um, as we move forward. I've had the opportunity to meet uh, several members of your board, Joe, and I must say it's a can-do group of people. I mean, that, that Doug, of course, with Cedar Rapids, and you, of course, I know my conversations with him. It's not a matter of, oh, gee, we've got a problem. It's kind of, oh, gee, we have an opportunity. That's, That's right. Exciting. I've been. You know, it's not, it's not a it's not a board of of a bunch of wallflowers. We're we're excited to dig in, partner with Ben here, and uh, just really excited about about the work ahead. Well, I'm excited for you, Ben. Uh, you've traveled across the country to move your family to Iowa, and with a board like we just discussed, I can understand why you might be enticed to do that. But give us a little bit more of an insight as to the big step to Iowa and uh, what you hope to do with this, uh, what I consider to be a very strong, powerful board, and how you see the next few months, maybe even a few years, uh, with regards to your research. It's a lot to, to bite off. In, in one answer, but I'll give it a go, Earl. I appreciate you having me on. You know, I'll start on a personal level. 
we we being my wife and I and our three our three little boys, you know, we're looking for we were looking for a good place to raise our family. And in fact, we went on a, a road trip a little less than a year ago around the country. You know, my wife and I we asked the question, where, where do we really want to settle down? And um, we drove through Iowa and and. I, I love the Midwest. I, I love Midwestern values. Crime, security, safety, the big issue for my wife. <clears throat> Iowa is one of the safest states. And we love that. We love so much about Iowa. So we're really excited to be here <clears throat> on a personal level because Iowa is just a great place to raise a family. You know, we we don't just want Iowa to be an attractive place today. We want it to stay an attractive place. And that was a big part of the consideration for my wife and for me is what's a place we can go that's not only attractive today, but will stay attractive, will stay a good place to have a family, uh, a place where our, not only we, but our kids can thrive. You know, I think that describes Iowa today. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to help preserve the good ideas that have made Iowa successful. But I also am excited to be part of making Iowa an even better place for families like mine to be. You know, you, you talked about how... Iowa's already moving in the right direction. It's already flourishing. I think CSI is going to be a huge value add because we bring the facts to equip policymakers, to equip the public to not only keep moving in the direction they're moving, which is, I, I believe is a, is a good direction, but to find ways to improve, to keep moving forward. You end up faltering if you become complacent. You know, we are eager to just keep moving forward. Ben, you've already uh, hit the ground running with your three reports, the Iowa Jobs and Labor Force update you did in November, and then you did the inflation in the Midwest region in November also, and then prices in the 21st century, which is an AEI adaptation of what was going on in that part of the country. Give us a sense, if you would, uh, how you how you kind of see things progressing beyond these reports, and maybe even a little bit of a summary on these reports, because I must tell you, when I saw the uh, jobs report, and I saw that Iowa had, in uh, 2008, 2009, a 70% better, I think 70% or better participation rate, and now it's lower than that, it seems to me that uh, even though we love Iowa, we've got some challenges. It's a good question, Earl, and, you know, CSIs in multiple states, and, and we're expanding, and if you look across the different states that's where CSI operates and, and you look across the country, there are challenges that everybody is facing. Uh, economic challenges, challenges with inflation. Inflation is a big one, especially for working families, for businesses. You know, Iowa has not been exempt from those challenges. But when you start to compare Iowa with other states, as our competitiveness index does, you know, you mentioned our, our, we have a report coming out this week uh, that's comparing the competitiveness of Iowa with other states. Iowa does very well. Iowa is a very competitive state. You know, there are natural push and pull factors that every state has or doesn't have. Uh, you know, Colorado is beautiful with the mountains. People love the mountains and the weather there. People move to Florida because they love the beach or, 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 or the sunshine, you know. But when it comes to policies, how attractive are the policies Iowa does very, very well. Our index that our economist, Dr. Byers, put together looks at key metrics. Iowa ranks still in the top third. Now, I will say this, that in the last few years, Iowa has slipped relative to other states a little bit. That's not because Iowa's not doing well. It's because other states are also making uh, progress. Other states are, are competing. All states in the country are competing for businesses, for dollars, for economic activity, and it's important that Iowa not rest on its laurels. It is very competitive relative to other states, but other states 
are trying to compete as well. And you see other states like North Carolina cutting its taxes just like Iowa is doing. So Iowa has to keep building on the momentum it's created. We're running a race here. We're not running while everybody else is standing still. Joe, you'd, you'd mentioned some of the issues that Iowa business leaders and the legislature is facing. I, if you would, uh, please please expand on them a little bit. Uh, you mentioned affordable housing. And and what what is the issue, for example, in affordable housing, child care, taxes, education? What, I mean, you're, you're the top third in the country. So how do you expect to improve in these areas or what are you trying, what do you hope that can be achieved at the legislative level that, that we might be a part of helping occur? I'll tackle a couple things at, at first and then maybe we can get into some tax discussion or some others wherever you want to go. But, you know, when you think about affordable housing or housing for all, really, you know, bringing in workforce housing, that's really a critically important topic for, for economic development in, in any state, but in particular, like a state like Iowa. Our population is pretty dispersed. And when you don't have opportunities to live in these communities, particularly rural communities, those communities begin to shrink and businesses begin to contract. And so economic development is really, I'm sorry, uh, housing development is really the economic lifeblood of a community. If we're able to provide incentives, if we're able to provide resources for construction companies and housing companies to go in and create uh, housing stock new housing stock, number one, and then also refurbish and rehab existing housing stock, number two, that's going to create a healthy churn in our housing market. That's going to create more opportunities for individuals to live where they work um, so that they can take a, take advantage of the of the great economic uh, opportunities that some of these rural communities have or mid-sized communities have. And then just provides more uh, wealth-creating opportunities for, for everyday Iowans. We've had some recent studies done in, in Iowa where we're going to need somewhere around 25,000 new homes constructed over the next 10 or 15 years just to keep up with demand. And so with prices the way they are, with not a lot of opportunity for, for manufacturers to go in and create homes, um, we need all the help that we can with respect to this. And so we're looking at incentives, tax proposals and other things on the on the housing side. On child care, it's, it's much of the same story. You know, Iowa leads the nation with both parents working outside of the home, which puts child care opportunities really at the top of the list for any family who wants to um, engage in the labor force. And considering the fact that we have a very high labor force participation rate and a very low unemployment rate in Iowa really puts the onus on us from a workforce standpoint where we're really tapped out with respect to our current labor force. And so if we can provide childcare opportunities, and I should emphasize high quality childcare opportunities in, in areas throughout the state, that's going to enable more individuals to engage in the labor force, engage in the, in the economy and, and, and make a difference, not only in the Iowa economy, but for their personal lives as well. So affording those opportunities for childcare is, is absolutely crucial and something that the Iowa Business Council, our organization has really led on in a number of different areas and really excited to see the different sort of research capabilities that CSI can bring to the table to bolster those arguments and to create new or, and propose new opportunities, perhaps on some innovative thinking to to increase both our childcare capabilities and our housing opportunities for, for all Iowans. One of the things we found in previous studies that we've done in uh, the two other CSI states is um, one, finding the people for childcare, particularly in this recovery uh, that we're having. Uh, and secondly, the uh, 
the cost of childcare. So it's a it's a real issue, particularly if you have a, a two wage earner family. But we're going to be interested in seeing what you guys come up with with regards to answers, because all of us all of us can learn from it. So uh, go for it, guys, because we need some answers. But help help us out in the area of uh, of education, because as I said, uh, my impression of education in Iowa, the the school systems you had, the local school systems, uh, were just uh, you know my experience it was a long, long, long time ago. When I moved from Iowa to another state, I I could have been a year ahead with regards to everything I'd learned. I later on, found out that that's pretty common for people that were in Iowa then moved to other states. What's going on now that it's become a an issue that is a priority? I think you know the the good news is is that the academic excellence has has certainly been maintained in a lot of different areas. You know, our state in particular um, did not shut down schools uh, during the pandemic, which I think has really served to our benefit in the years uh, following that that event. Um, we did not lose. We were one of the only states in the nation that did not lose any ground among our, our national uh, educational scores, our NAEP scores, which is great. But that being said, we have over the course of a generation or so, other states have caught up to Iowa. And so we're sort of at a point now where we need to continue to figure out ways in which to um, enhance the, the economic, or I'm sorry, the educational opportunity of of Iowans. And our, our legislature and our governor have made various proposals to sort of um, create those opportunities. And, and, you know, we've made some significant policy changes over the course of the last couple of years. Um, and so it will be interesting to see, you know, where those policy shifts have, have had an impact. And, and again, to lean into, to CSI's mission, provide answers to those critical questions in a nonpartisan way and in a factual way so that policymakers can make the best decision possible for their constituents. Um, this should not be a, a a political issue, but this should be about what's the best policy, what are the best tools, and, and how can we create value um, in public policy formation to enable those good decisions to lift people up. And so um, we've made a lot of changes with respect to education over the last few years, and I think there's a role for CSI to play in evaluating some of those opportunities uh, moving forward. I know many of the studies that have been done so far in other CSI uh, states have been uh, and specifically, as I said, in the area of education and and uh, tried to answer the question you're at, asking, and that is unique to your state. How are things progressing with regards to education? How can they be improved? Again, unique to the state. So, Ben, it'll be interesting to see what you come up with in the additional studies that are done in Iowa, take with regards to education. But what, what's, what's your next report, Ben? What are you working on? Well, this week, and maybe by the time this podcast comes out, we'll have the economic competitiveness report that'll be out for Iowa, but also across the CSI states. Uh, we're looking at a number of other things. Iowa's been making a lot of good progress. Governor Reynolds, a lot of credit to her and also to the legislature on tax reform. They did some great tax reform in 2022, they being the legislature and the governor. There's enough, it looks like there's enough revenue there to make some more progress this year. And they're looking at doing that. And, and if not this year, then than in the next year or two. I'm very interested in looking at that, looking at how further simplifying the tax code and also reducing the tax rate can help econo- the economy here in Iowa um, thrive. It can help businesses um, create jobs. I mean, we, we have a dynamic model at CSI that allows us to look at that, to look at actually how many jobs will be created, how, how much capital is going to flow into the state as a result of reducing the tax burden. 
Uh, that's something I'm very interested in. Uh, we've had a lot of great conversations in, in Iowa. I've been here this week, uh, just getting to know folks. You know, as you know, Earl, this is uh, my second week now with CSI. We are hitting the ground running, but we've had so many good conversations. It, it's not, it's not even, it's not going to be so much a question of what do we do, but, but how do we prioritize? Because there are a lot of great uh, topics to tackle. You know, CSI is a nonpartisan organization. We have a diverse team of bipartisan fellows. But we do have a perspective, which is we think that free enterprise works. What we've seen from the work we've done in other states is when you do the research, when you roll up your sleeves and, and, and put in the research on whatever topic it is, the data and the facts bear that out. Free enterprise works. So whatever issue we're tackling, that's the perspective we're coming from. We all agree that uh, if everybody can benefit from a public policy, we're all winners. And um, I know that's what we're trying to figure out all the time. But I also know that there's some other issues that you're going to be looking on, which I think fall really well within with the free enterprise concept of, hey, wait a minute, let's be as productive as we can. You've got some other issues that you're going to be working on. I know universal licensure is one of them. Talk, talk to us about what your, a couple of three of these areas that you'd like to focus on the next six to nine months. Yeah, you, you caught me, Earl. You caught me, you caught me holding my cards close to my vest because we, we haven't decided exactly what to start with exactly, you know, beyond some of the first economic studies where we're really talking internally about you know, where do we put our efforts first? But you hit the nail on the head. I mean, there's there, universal licensing is one of them. We're also looking at ESA. So expanding school choice. You know, we know that when, you know, again, in the vein of free enterprise, when people have the ability to make their own choices, whether it's in the, in the market or, or in the market of education, right? You have better outcomes, right? When individuals are are empowered by policy to make the choices that are best for themselves and their families. So ESA is, is a big one, Education Savings Accounts, for those in the audience who don't know the acronym. We've done some of these things in other CSI states, right? We've looked at some universal licensure that allows folks to fill the roles in the workforce that maybe there's some just regulatory impediments, right? And, and we can go down the, go down that road a little bit more in the study and, and exactly, you know, frankly, I know that Joe knows this, but frankly, it's going to be some learning, right? Every state is different. And one thing that's beautiful about CSI is we're not some federal outside organization that comes in and tells states what they should do. CSI is rooted here in Iowa. Our whole board is Iowa-based. You know, I'm coming and bringing my family to Iowa to be an Iowan because we are invested in Iowa. When I come here and we tackle some of the same issues we've tackled in other states, we're going to tackle it from from an Iowa point of view. What works for Iowa? And to be completely candid, until we do the research, I don't exactly know what we're going to find when we look into some of these issues, when we look into licensure. Um, but but that's what we're here for, to roll up our sleeves and get, get the work done and get the information to the lawmakers and, and the public. Okay, I don't mean to be throwing a curveball to the two of you, but I guess I will. Uh, <laughs> all of us know that uh, we have a labor workforce issue where throughout the United States, our workforce is decreasing. That's a real issue. Uh, and you can't thrive as well as you possibly could unless your workforce continues to grow. Our workforce in Iowa, I think, has got the same issue, but you also have uh, some significant immigration, at least what I saw when I was there, what, six weeks ago, maybe or so. Uh, how is the immigration going to, in your opinion, be a challenge and, and maybe fit into some of the answers to help the Iowa economy, Iowa economy grow? 
Well, you know, I think you're you're certainly right, Earl. You know, immigration is a is a key factor for us that we think about our our future growth and potential. And, and Iowa has an incredibly rich and proud history of being a, a welcoming and inclusive state. When you think about um, the the types of of individuals that we have welcomed in the 1970s. We welcomed um, literally thousands of individuals fleeing Southeast Asia at the end of the Vietnam War. We, we Iowa was the only state in the nation to welcome uh, those individuals and in, from a refugee status perspective into our state, which is something that we were very proud of. Um, in the in the mid 1990s, we we welcomed in thousands of of individuals fleeing the Balkans during the the Bosnian Wars, um, and so we have a, a rich tradition. Uh, of being a welcoming state with respect to that. And when you think more recently, um, you know, Iowa's population as a whole, while it has grown, it's not grown as fast as the rest of the nation. And if it was not for legal immigration into our state, we would have actually contracted. And so be, making sure that we have opportunities uh, to be welcoming into individuals, I think is absolutely critical for long-term economic growth. Speaking from the Iowa Business Council's perspective, that's really our top federal issue, trying to work with our federal delegation and others to to modernize our our immigration systems. We know that that has not obviously been uh, something that's been achieved for the last 35 years or so, and recently had a a massive failure in Congress with respect to some of those policies. But it's so important for the future of our economy, um, enable to enable that that next generation of workforce to to come here, so that more opportunities can be expanded here in Iowa, that businesses can expand to provide jobs for future generations of Iowans are, are absolutely critical. We have a rich history of that. Um, you experienced that personally here with some of the folks that you interacted with. And uh, I think it's something that that we'll continue to to pursue here in Iowa. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate your perspective on that. I, I always try to let uh, my guests have the last word most of the time, but I will today <laughs> too. Anything that you'd like to add, Ben, with regards to how you see uh, your challenge, and then, Joe, I'm going to let you follow up. I don't see it so much as a challenge as an opportunity. I mean, sure, it'll be challenging to get up to speed for me in being being new to Iowa. And look, I'm surrounded by folks who know Iowa, who are Iowans. I mean, I'm I'm the exception on the CSI Iowa team, as, as being the guy coming into Iowa and having to uh, having to adjust to a new, new state. But man, I'm just so excited about the opportunity to be here to be with CSI. CSI is a an impressive, high-performing team across all states. Uh, right now, I'm in the Denver office just getting to know the central office team. And man, it, it is impressive, the the, the, out, the output put in the work product coming out of CSI. Uh, so just being part of it, frankly, my wife and I are extremely excited to come to Iowa and, and, and raise our family here. Uh, we just feel very blessed and very fortunate for the opportunity to, to come here. Um, so... You know, for me, I, I I just see it as as a big opportunity. The sky's the limit. Uh, you know, just excited to get started. Well, I was got a terrific board. I can attest to that of what I've met. Joe, you're the leader of that group. Uh, so please, any final comments? Well, I would just say we're we're just thrilled to partner with CSI and and uh, to provide any sort of of counsel and, and perspective into the into the workings of of the research. We're really proud to have Ben on board, as as all of you listening have have surmised. He is a, a policy wonk, and and I mean that in the most generous terms. That's what we need. Um, he's really hit the ground running. 
Uh, we are just so excited for for him to to come here to Iowa. We're going to count a, a positive increase in our population of five, um, which is most important. But but we're really excited about the the research, the academic integrity, and the nonpartisanship in which this data is collected. You know, CSI will be able to gain influence and credibility by just presenting the facts and making sure that policymakers have access to those facts so that they can make decisions that will lift up Iowans. And, and that's what I'm really excited for. That's what the board is really excited for. We look forward to, to working with any and all who, who are wanting to engage in these efforts. And so look forward to more, more conversations with you, Earl, and just appreciate the opportunity to share a little bit about uh, what Iowa nice means. Joe, you and your board and you are CSI Iowa. And thank you so much for having courage to take on the challenge and realize the opportunities in front of you. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks, Earl. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Common Sense Digest. For more on today's topic, as well as our research on the most pressing public policy issues facing Colorado, please visit commonsenseinstituteco.org. The preceding episode, along with all others, is available on podcatchers everywhere or on our website under the podcast tab. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom and Deft Communications. This has been a production of the Common Sense Institute.